Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Okay, good job. Much safer. So we're not doing any dangerous multitasking any longer. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Fight Club. My name is Jill Baroni. I'm so excited to be with you today. We are a group of self-employed industry experts here to help you fight for your business. And we have Matt with us today, and we're going to cover about four different areas of um, your business. We've got marketing, we have money, we have systems, and we have people. So... As we always talk about on the show, just pick one area that you want to focus on this week on the topics that we discuss. And then from there, you can be able to really, you know, move the needle forward in your business. There is our lovely systems lady. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. We're having wacky storms. We're having wacky storms and no internet. So I apologize. I, there is some background noise that's probably yeah. irritating to anybody watching. So, uh, Matt, you may have to mute when you're not on and then unmute. So, so anyway. Well, what Matt. we'll do is we'll jump back into, um, that. Yep, it's Matt. Okay. Okay. All <laughs> so right. We'll, into real quick my name is taylor maroney i co-own a power washing company in south florida with my husband and i've also been um, working in the marketing industry for about five six years now and i'm super excited to say welcome back to fight club and welcome to matt matt you're in some snow you're you were plowing this morning can you kind of give everyone a little bit of background as to who you are and your company (laughs) look at that Ah, wow. Beautiful Beautiful white snow. This is awesome. Make sure you unmute, Matt, and tell us what's up. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. Matt, you're going to want to unmute. Unmute yourself. Can you hear me now? Yes. Good. Welcome. Is that good? I think it, it... did that on its own. I didn't push anything. But anyways, my name is Matt Green. I uh, own Green's Lawn Care and Property Services. And um, we do, we focus a lot on lawn care. We're actually post-COVID transitioning um, from a lot of the services that we previously have offered. Um, and in the next couple of years, we're um, not going to be offering a lot of the services that we were, came to be known for, you know, so a lot of things that are more um, uh, stable, if you will, things that even with a pandemic or something like this, that people will still be buying. So um, we're always looking at ways to um, provide great, stable employment for our guys. And so that's the main reason for our transition. We saw so many companies that got stuck um, and we just don't want to be in that position. So um, I think the mo- most important thing is whenever I make a decision, it's always with my team um, at, at the fir- forefront, you know, they're the guys that make us our money, um, provide a livelihood for us. And so we always have to think about our employees as number one um, before we go ahead and do anything else. 
It's so cool. Awesome. Well, welcome to Fight Club, Matt. We're so happy to have you here. Uh, my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online, where I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so they can live more financially rewarding lives and so they can look at their business critically like Matt has and find ways to even out the valleys and even out the revenue. Um, I'm also the co, well, no, I'm also the owner of Likes Accounting Company, a uh, full service accounting firm where you can outsource all of your accounting needs if you'd like to, and the co-owner of Jeff Likes Clean Windows and Gutters, a uh, window cleaning, gutter cleaning company with my husband in Northern California. And I'm really happy to be back after a week off. Uh, welcome back to Fight Club. Thanks, Megan. How are you? Hi. Hi. <laughs> I am Michelle Myers, co-owner of Pink Collars, and we outsource your front and back office tasks, mostly CSR placement in your home service business. And welcome to Fight Club. Oh, we have a puppy. Oh, don't make me bring the dogs out, because if we have a puppy online today, it's going to be extra special. Um, and Matt, we're so excited to have you. Congratulations on all the changes in your business and on a new baby, which we might talk about later in the show. Welcome to Fight Club. Yeah, perfect. Well, I'm not at my house, so you can't see her right now. Okay. Martha? So sorry. I was watching the dog. <laughs> anyway, um, so I am owner of a maid service in a neighboring state, and I co-founded Quality Driven Software and run programs called culture first and level up all about how to improve your culture and uh today's guest we've already talked a little bit about but i always see him doing things related to his culture he's you need to listen up when we get to that section because you've just intuitively figured out how to do it matt <laughs> well i don't know about all that but we're, we're trying things <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to put you in the hot seat, Matt. I think it's time. We'll, we'll, I'll take you for marketing, and then we'll kind of go right back around the circle and ask you a few questions. All right. So cool. uh, marketing-wise, you were saying that you are transitioning into a little bit more stable services. So services that you can you know, be able to use year-round, um, no matter given a pandemic, given different seasons, things of that sort. How are you shifting your marketing to start pushing those services, even though it's not technically going to really be fully enforced, like you said, for a few years? Um, so when it comes to marketing, I, I've had this theory that I'm down to try anything when it comes to marketing. And if I decide that I'm going to do something, I, I, I tell myself I have to see it through. So, um, like there's things that we've spent thousands of dollars on um, throughout the course of a season, but, um, and I knew from the get go that we almost, this wasn't gonna work in our area, but you just, I don't think that if you don't truly test it for the, the full duration, you can't really um, say that it was good or bad. And if you don't change it up a little bit, um, if this one's not working, you have to change it up and see if maybe it's the wording or maybe there's something that's different. So um, I'm always down to try a new thing of marketing. Um, and one thing that we're doing is we're focusing more on lawn care. So that's treatments. And 
a lot of the big guys have they dominate Google and we can't compete with them on Google. Like we have a great website, we have great SEO, but we don't have millions of dollars every year to spend on marketing to beat everybody in Google local services and Google AdWords. Like we're just not going to win that game. So we had to come up with other ways that we're going to attack this. So one thing that's pretty unique that we didn't see in the industry was a JV program. So what we did was, uh, me, my chemical operations guy, and our sales rep, we put together this plan and we said, all right, look, we're going to contact every single company in our service area that offers landscaping. Um, they might offer mowing, but they don't offer treatments because with treatments, you have to have um, a licensure and a lot of people can't get the licensing, nor do they have the people that know how to do the fertilizing. So. We went after and we called every single um, company that does not offer treatments. We've sent them emails. We've sent them letters in the mail. Um, we're actually having a lunch and learn. We're going to bring in some uh, vendors, like local vendors, and they're going to sponsor it. And we're going to bring all these people that are interested in having us do the treatments for their customer base. Um, that is our big marketing focus right now. Um, because if, if there's another company out there that already has, let's say they have a hundred or 200 mowing customers and that company or those people already know, like, and trust that company. And if that company says, Hey, you need to use these guys over here. Um, then we can instantly go from zero customers to 500 or a thousand customers in one season. And we can just jumpstart that whole growth. And then once we have that money, we can start attacking the Google AdWords and the Google local services a lot more. So that's our big focus, which is very unique to our, our industry right now. That's amazing. I mean, and it, it's, yes, it's unique to your particular situation, your particular industry, but you're focusing on your strength, which is something that a lot of companies tend to forget about is focusing on like the, the superior service that you have to offer that sets you apart from other individuals in your market and what makes you so different. And now you're taking that and not only are you putting it out for regular clientele to be able to come in and, you know, ask for those services and, you know, sign up for those services, but you're also networking that to other companies. And that's the beauty of, you know, our, all of our industries. I think I could speak for everyone on this call is all of us have something that we may be a little bit more specific in than others. I know for us, we offer hot water power washing and we're very limited on the amount of people down here that do that. So we're one of the few in the county that offers that. So that allows us to then like you're doing too, network to other power washing companies that aren't able to offer that service for certain types of, you know, high quality cleanings. So I absolutely applaud you. That's amazing. And I think this is, I really hope if someone's listening today and you're struggling with a way to look at your business and way to, you know, adjust your marketing to really highlight those special unique services you offer, take this advice from that and really in, input or implement, excuse me, the concept of focusing on that one area, that strength of yours, and then using that to bring in partnerships and networking relationships that you can use to your benefit and gain more clients. So thank you so much for that, Matt. I appreciate yeah. it. I, I love it yeah, so much. I, I want to go backwards just like a little bit though. 
Like, can you, can you, I know we know on the call a little bit about what you've done to transition your business and your services, but can you walk us through that real quick? So like, let's talk about, well, maybe two seasons ago, what were the services you were offering? And then what was the shift that you made this last season and, and where are you headed this next season? Um, yeah. So what did, what did your business look like two years ago in terms of the services you were offering? So honestly our business two years ago looks the same as it is right now okay and the reason and so well that's not necessarily true our our business two two years ago we would pretty much do anything if you asked us to do something that had involved landscaping or or, or anything in the yard we would we'd pretty much do anything because we were scrapping for you know we had to make revenue and um so we pretty much did everything and then now we're starting to like hone in on on what works for us more and so there's certain things that like this year we're not going to touch like we're not touching drainage anymore like we're done with drainage um probably next year we're going to get rid of residential snow plowing we'll only do commercial but as we transition um you know from pre-pandemic to post-pandemic two to three years down the road we have strategically picked services that we have pre-pandemic and services that we're going to have post-pandemic and we kind of have a timeline of which ones we're going to drop off at which times as other ones start ramping up to replace the revenue and it'll start balancing itself out. So if I that think makes sense. It, it does make sense. But I feel like when I was reading what you were doing on Facebook, which I know is not the same as talking to you, so I'm glad I get to talk to you. Um, there was something really strategic that happened with your revenue. So um, I think you launched a secondary business this year. Is that something you want to talk about? You were doing, you're doing repairs? Yes. Oh, yeah. So we, you, um, yeah. So, so the idea that yeah, you, we, I think, you looked so at your, launched two things. Okay. You launched two new businesses during the pandemic. And I think what I watched like from a third party was you're evening out your revenue. And when you even out your revenue, when you have a seasonal lawn care business that's covered in snow for part of the year, right? When you even out your revenue, then you can keep your staff employed and you can make better decisions because you don't have these huge gear ups like most traditional lawn care companies. So can you talk to us a little bit about how you evened out your revenue in year one of the pandemic? Um, and what the two new businesses are that you launched and how that idea came about, because I feel like that can apply to any industry. What you did in this pandemic can absolutely apply in any industry. Yeah, so we um, we figured out where our, our weaknesses were. And I think with any business, you have these external customers that pay you money. But the most important customers you have are the ones that work in your business. And so you always have to put them first. And so every year with lawn care, I, I mean, I'm sure there's other industries, but, you know, people have to make their bills. They have to pay bills. They have to eat. So it's pretty selfish of a lawn care business to say, hey, look, we're only going to use you guys for 10 months. The next two months, you have to figure it out on your own or you have to go on unemployment. Like nobody wants to do that. So... <laughs> Well, what I'm trying to figure out is how to keep guys employed 12 months out of the year with a, a really good income and so and with a career path. So then they know if I start here, I can get up here. And so what we did was we know that the winter time is a down moment in our business. And last year I was 
there for probably about a month or two, it seemed like I was taking a piece of equipment to a repair shop almost every single week. And I said to the guy that owns the business, I said, well, what do you do with your guys in the, in the wintertime when, you know, people aren't mowing, their mowers aren't breaking. He goes, Matt, the wintertime is our busiest time of the year. I'm, I was like, well, how is that? He goes, well, we got everybody on a, this program. They, we pick their mower up in November and we drop it off to them like right when the season starts. And during that time we store it for them and we tune it up. And I said, ha ha, that's the, that's the ticket right there. I said, we already know how to work on all these mowers. We already have a mechanic. So like, why don't we take him? We make a process out of this. We only take push mowers and we'll do all these tune-ups. So the thought process now is, so we started a business called Broad Ripple Mower Repair. And the reason, one reason we did that is because two of the repair shops in our town went out of business, they retired. And so I said, perfect. There's gonna be a ton of customers that are gonna be looking for somebody to solve their problem, which is they can't get their mower to start. Now we only have about 30 mowers right now to repair, but next year, when they call in in the spring and say, hey, I need my mower repaired, I'm going to say, look, we don't, we only repair mowers from November to March. So I said, so I'm going to tell them, I said, look, if you want to get on our list, we will come pick the mower up from your house. We will store it. We will repair it and we will deliver it back to your house for this flat rate. And so if you want to get signed up, I can pick your mower up, you know, at the end of the season. And so that's what we're doing. We already have the mechanic. We know how to work on the mowers. So one of our businesses is called Broderick Lawnmower Repair. So as our season ends, then we just go into repairing everybody's mowers. We deliver it right before the season starts, and then we get off to our season, you know? And, so and do you know, of, like, uh, I mean, I know you the, know, the but, like, I just have to say how brilliant that is because also what you're doing is, when that person breaks their leg and they can't mow their lawn anymore, who are they going to call like to add on their lawn care service? And when that person's parents need a new guy to help take care of their lawn, who are they going to call? And when they have a problem with the spring, like it's so brilliant because you're tapping into your potential customers by offering them a service that they need at a price point that they can use. And you're filling in the gaps of your business and you're keeping your mechanic busy and occupied. So, I love it. It could totally be a subscription model. I think it's brilliant. Um, okay, I sorry, ladies, but can we hear is. about the second? Can we hear about the second one too? I want to hear. Okay, so tell us about the second one. Oh, well, the second one we um, is a Christmas light business. So we started it this year, and it's called Indie Christmas Light Pros, and we're actually having a website totally built out for it this this season. And um, so we started. We actually started attempting Christmas lights. I'm going to say attempting because we only had five customers last year and it was so frustrating to only have five customers. I mean, but it was pandemic season and you know, I, I, I totally get it. So, uh, we started, we started that under the greens lawn care name. And then I started doing some more research because I was really frustrated with why we're not getting these customers. And a lot of businesses, even a lot of pressure washing companies, window cleaning companies, they all do Christmas lights in the, in the winter. And that's how I kind of figured, found out about this. But a lot of them brand themselves as a different company for Christmas lights. They don't work under their, you know, 
actual business name. They work under a DBA. And so I figured that was one of the reasons why we didn't have a lot of customers. So we actually formed another business called Indie Christmas Light Pros. And everything is going to be branded under Indie Christmas Light Pros. We're still going to push our customer base from our CRM to Indie Christmas Light Pros. Like we're going to cross market a bunch of different businesses to, to drive revenue. But that was the second thing. And then we got really frustrated with it. So probably two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, I was on the phone with other Christmas light companies actually across the country for, it seemed like the entire week, eight hours a day for the entire week, trying to figure out what the heck we did wrong, where we can improve. I told them our process of how we did it. And I found out all these gems along the way. And so next year, um, I think that we'll explode with Christmas lights. Matt, I love how creative you are. I love that you have no ego when it comes to just saying like, it didn't work. So how do I make it better? Like, how am I going to fix it? I think that that's brilliant. That's exactly the way that we should all be approaching our businesses. Um, and if you're listening, I would like you to just think about this. So during the pandemic, we were told all these things we couldn't do. We were told all this stuff that just wouldn't work anymore and that couldn't be done this way. And you could sit there and you could wallow. Or you can do what Matt did and you can be like, well, what do I have? Hmm, I've got some really good staff. I've got a really good mechanic. I've got a pretty good customer base. I've got a good list. I've got some tools. I've got a ladder. Hmm, and you take an inventory and a stock and you, and you start kicking around ideas and, and pretty soon, <laughs> in a year when businesses are shutting down, you've started two new ones. And um, and my favorite part about the starting the two new ones is you're evening out your revenue. And in lawn care, if you're watching this, you know what that's like. You know what winter's like. You know what busy season's like. And um, it stinks when you've got good staff. We had that with our window cleaning company. It stinks when you have to lay people off. Um, and we worked really hard and I'm proud not to make this about me, but we didn't lay anybody off this year. This is our first year ever where we kept our full staff first year out of 13 years in business where we got to keep all the good ones. Um, and, and it turned out they were all good ones. Thanks to Martha. I so think another very important, yeah. go ahead. I think another really important thing is also that when I had these ideas, I went to the guys and asked them, I said, do you guys want to do this? You know, cause I had to get their buy-in first. And then once I got their buy-in, I said, yeah, we want to do this. I said, okay, cool. We will build these, these businesses. But I wanted to get their buy-in first to make sure that it was something that they even wanted to do, you know, well, I'm gonna, because I'm gonna if they save, don't want to do it, they're not going to be passionate about it. I'm going to save all that awesome commentary for Martha. Uh -huh. Cause I can just see her like smiling and like getting ready for it, but we got to go to Michelle first and then we can come back to getting by and, and how you have built an awesome culture. Um, but for now, I just want to applaud you for thinking outside the box and really uh, coming out of this stronger that that's, brilliant and I think very inspiring for other people. There's a lot that you can still do and there's a lot that you still have. So thank you, Matt, for sharing those ideas. And I'm going to pass you to Michelle, who's going to talk to you about systems, how you keep it all organized and going. <laughs> hey, Matt. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I am thrilled that you're here. Um, I'm totally dorking out about the fact that I'm positive that you're using your CRM to put all of these businesses together. Is that what's happening? Tell me how that's working for you so that others can see the benefit of having a very powerful CRM. How's that working? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we use Service Autopilot, and um, it, 
if I didn't have a CRM, we definitely would not be the business we are today. I can tell you that <laughs> it would, it would cause us to move so much slower for one, because I, you can't get data at a, you know, at a, a second's time. You yeah. can't have it all organized if it's not in a CRM. Um, yeah. And then you'd have to have, I'd have to have a lot more office staff just to organize yeah. what we have so going true. on. So we actually, yeah. we, the only, the hard thing about service autopilot is that it, everybody knows that it's coming from Green's Lawn Care, right? Because you can only have one name per account. And sure. so um, I didn't want to start a whole new account and have to do all the automations again and all, you know, like, That'd be crazy. So sure. I put on all of our new websites that we're powered by Greens Lawn Care. Like any Ooh. Christmas Life Pro is powered by Greens Lawn Care. <clears throat> so then when they, I love them, that. they get an invoice and it says Greens Lawn Care on it, boom. <laughs> it ends the same CRM. We can have all the same I love customers. that. I love yeah. that. And the cross promoting is what's so powerful, right? Because you're not starting your Christmas light business or your repair business with zero people. You have your entire database of Greens Lawn Care, past, present, and not even clients to market to. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love that part. Okay. So let me go back to the, the repair business, too, because I'm absolutely geeking out on the fact that you not only went to somebody in your local market and said, we should do this, but you're keeping your guys busy. I know for our business, we have some seasonality as well because we serve a lot of seasonal businesses. And my absolute promise to our team is that you work 12 months out of the year. So I do that same exact thing. And I constantly find myself hustling for work in November, December, January, try to keep people busy. Um, tell me what the response was from your guys on working year round. Tell me how that was was received by your team well that's the ultimate goal you know yeah. so they want to work 12 years or they want to work 12 months now even though that they get paid in a way that they make good money throughout those nine months you know mm -hmm. but not everybody is strategic planners you know especially when it comes to finance so um, a lot of people, like a lot of businesses, if, if there's money in the bank, they, you, we're going to spend it, you know, <laughs> instead of planning for the three months. So um, not only that, but they, they don't want to sit at home, you know, like they get bored really easy, like they want to be working. And if they're not working for me, they're going to go find someone else to work for for those three months. And then that's potentially someone we're going to lose, that's true. you know, like. That's Maybe so they'll true. go to somewhere else and they'll be like, huh, I'm staying over there. You know, I'm not yeah. coming back, you know? <laughs> it's so true. That's why we have to, I mean, that's one reason why you want to keep them busy 12 months out of the year. So they're not, you know, going around, but at the end of the day, they still have to pay their bills and I get that. And that's why we make this big push to work 12 months out of the year yeah. and do everything we can. I mean, last year we even, we tried to do junk removal last year. It didn't pan out. And I said, yeah. no, we're not doing this anymore. What else are we hmm. going to try? You know, so we, yeah. we try all these things and eventually one of these things are going to stick. No. And I love that. And what a lot of people haven't done in the pandemic is like what Megan said, you look at what you have, right? You have incredible people, you have the tools and systems in place and the fact that you pivoted and went to what could have been seen as your competitors to do the lawn treatments. I think is genius. I mean, you're basically systematizing their business model 
to utilize for your own, correct? I mean, you're using their list of people, yeah. their current people. I mean, you're just basically oh, yeah. skipping, skipping an entire step. And a lot of people would think, oh, I'm not gonna pick up the phone and call my competitor, but you could have very well doubled this, the revenue of your business in 2021. We'll see, I mean, hopefully that's what'll happen. Um, by just being open enough to saying, I'm gonna do this for you and being of service and not seeing it as some sort of a weird conflict. I am totally freaked out by that one too. I love that one. <laughs> well, if you think about it, if a person only has, let's say it's a small business, they have a hundred yards that they mow on a week, you know, on a weekly basis. Sure. I only have to win one person over, which is that business owner, to get access to a hundred people that already know, like, and trust me. I don't have to convince a hundred people to hire me. I have to convince yeah. one person to hire me. You know, Huge. so if I, if Huge. I convince 10 people to hire us, that's a thousand customers. You know, I don't have to convince yeah. a thousand people. Yeah, that's, that's, that's our big thing. The same thing I with um, like homeowners associations or uh, when you get into these big business practices. Like, I love that idea. It's one relationship that can turn into many, oh, yeah. many, many business relationships. Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you and I were on a call last week um, looking at Trello, and I know you're going to up your Trello game this year. Um, what other systems, we talked about Service Autopilot and Trello, what else have you got kind of in your stack that's helping you succeed this year? Because now you've got kind of three tracks of companies, so you're going to need some real help there with communication. What else are you using that people might be able to, to glean information from? Yeah, so obviously our CRM's huge. Um, Trello is becoming very, very big for us, um, especially because I can track the different projects that the different guys are working on. Um, yeah. But we we were looking at like a thing like Slack. Um, I think there was a couple other ones. I had my uh, the guy that does our sales. He's also very like technical, and he, uh -huh. used, to, he used to do network stuff. Like, and so he understands all the technical garb and. <laughs> the software and he's a video guy. And um, so I said, Brian, I need you to look up all these companies kind of like Slack is like kind of what we want. Right. But I sure. need you to find like three companies that are very similar. And through our stumble, like stumbling through, like learning about these companies, we stumbled upon Google. It's called Google Workspace. Sure. It used to be yep. Google Hangouts. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So now we use, uh, instead of paying for something, we just use Google Chat and we use Google Meet. We use Google Drive. And we Perfect. already have like Gmail, the G Suite. So um, within the chat, we have different rooms. Uh, Perfect, yeah. I have rooms with other companies in them, you know, so I can communicate with other companies uh, via chat, super easy. Um, awesome. That's that's actually been the biggest thing is that yeah, I love chat it. room. I love, I love it. That's great. And it's free. So that's great advice for anybody out there looking for some sort of communication platform that they can start using. So awesome. Thank you, Matt. I'm so grateful to have you. And please kiss that baby for us. And congratulations on her. She's the sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, my turn. And uh, I've been chomping up a bit about uh, you and your culture and um, you mentioned something, I think, to Megan. You were talking about your 
career path that you have. And I harp at people in the culture first group about you guys, you know, um, so, you know, I'm always sharing links with them about blue collar workers. That is one of the hugest things that they're looking for. You know, if you, you put yourself in their situation and you're technically kind of an unskilled person going to look for a job, most of the jobs you're looking at are what you'd classify as kind of a dead end job. And so if you have a motivated person that is looking for a job like yours, when they see potential and they see, wow, I could come work here and, you know, somebody feels recognized that they have potential to grow. And so tell us a little bit about what you're doing. And, um, you know, you talked earlier about, I feel like you have a very give and take culture that if you ask a lot of your guys, you just automatically know you're going to do something to kind of say, thank you. So you tell us. <laughs> so, yeah, we um, we certainly have our uh, own challenges in our business uh, when it when it comes to people. Um, last year, our, a big challenge was attendance. Um, so this year, we're implementing a, a, an attendance point system. But one of the guys in the office, he said, uh, "Well, let's let's build this thing so we can reveal it to him when we we bring him in." You know, the first day, I said, "I said, well, well, Brian, that's not going to work." I said, if they don't build this thing themselves, they'll never buy into it. So we're going to bring all of the crew leaders and managers in one day, and I'm going to get their 100% input about what this point structure should look like. And some of them are, are offenders themselves, and but they they know that when there's a, we're not here and there's an attendance issue, they know that it's a problem. Yeah. And so they are going to build this whole attendance thing with me. And so they're going to have the ownership of actually putting this thing together. So then when the disciplinary actions come forth, we could say, hey, look, you were the one that put this point value on this discipline. You know, like don't just look at me like we built this thing together. We all agreed upon this thing. And this once it's built, we're going to follow this thing to a T. And so I think it's huge for a culture to always have the input of your team. You know, if, if you come up with everything yourself, you're going to be looked at as a dictator. You're going to be looked at it as a, a drill sergeant. Nobody wants to work for somebody like that. Everyone wants to know that their voices have been heard, um, that their input is valued. And I always take that approach. When anything we do something, I, I want to know that the guys want to do this they have the buy-in so then when it gets to a, a not a fun time like plowing snow and they're up for 20 hours at a time like hey look we chose this career path like we chose early yeah. on and those same guys that i asked them i said do you guys want to plow snow like the business does not need to plow snow to get through the winter right. but if you guys want to plow snow this is your thing 
I will buy all the equipment. I will get all the contracts, but this is your thing. I don't necessarily want anything to do with this. This is yours. And they said, yeah, we want to do this. I said, okay, perfect. And we really don't have any complaints for them having to work 20 hour shifts or, or not, you know, cause they chose that. Um, everything comes back to them choosing, you know, what we're going to do as part of the culture. And, but when they do work those 20 hour shifts, um, I already told them that, Hey, on Friday, it's either Thursday or Friday. It depends on when the next snowstorm comes and finishes. We're going to go out to dinner and there's really, there's really no cap on what the price is going to be. Cause it doesn't matter at that, that point, you know, what matters is that they're happy and, and they feel fulfilled and they, they want to be here and they're going to wake up the next morning. Thankful that they work for greens lawn care. That's the yeah. ultimate goal. I love that. It's really great. Yeah. You know, um, do you use your career ladder in your recruiting ads? Because I would, if you're not. Oh, absolutely. When, uh, so we have an interesting, um, recruiting way that we recruit people. So, uh, Brian is like a jack of all trades. He's our salesman now, but he's totally jack of all trades. And, uh, sometimes he annoys the shit out of me and, but I, <laughs> I love the guy, you know? <clears throat> and, uh, so we put out all these ads and people will put in an application. And so, well, actually the first thing that happens is we tell them that you have to call uh, this Google voice number and tell us, and there's a prompt. It says like uh, who you are, how you found the job and why you think you would be a good fit for Greens Lawn Care. And then if they sound like they have some intelligence, Brian will call them. And then he'll tell them how horrible the job is. You don't want this job. It's hot. It's going to be long days. You're going to be sweating. You, your hands might get, you really want this? Your feet are going to hurt really bad, you know? And so he tells them how horrible this job is. And some of the guys, they're just like, yeah, that sounds right up my alley. I want to do this. Like, I love yeah. being outside in the hot, blistering sun. And so if, if they get past him, then I make them come into the office and fill out their paperwork. I don't let them do it electronic because if they're going to come in to do their, you know, if they've gone through those, they're going to come in to do their paperwork. They're going to show up their first day. We used to try and do the stuff electronic and the people never showed up. So if they come in to do their paperwork, they're going to probably do this. But then when they come to do their paperwork is their final interview with me. And then I show them, I have it on a document. It's um, kind of a labor, a labor track that goes this way. And then up above, there's kind of a management track. And so there's three levels to each one. And as you go up the levels, your pay increases, but your responsibilities increase. So then you don't get, I'm not going to give you a raise just because of your tenure. You've been here for five years. You're not going to raise just because you've been here for five years. Like you have to bring more skill, more responsibility to the table. And if you do that, I'm happy to pay you more, but you have to, you know, level up for me to pay you more. And that's what that career ladder tells them. And they get, yeah. they get a copy of it. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And being an absentee owner and, you know, I mean, honestly, sometimes I wish I could be at the office more because I can't go to my staff like you can and say, let's build this because, um, 
Well, I guess I could if I wanted to drive 100 miles every time, but. Uh, uh, I think you can. If you use Google Meet. Yeah. Right. It's a it's a video thing. They have a whiteboard thing on there. And like you can whiteboard right on the screen while everybody's just like watching. It's super cool. Yeah. But it's different. You're not in person. I get that. Right. Right. It is different. So I but I always want my employees buy-in so i'm i'm just tossing this out there in case people need options so i don't sit there and build it with them um i build a starting point and then we we adjust as we go so um like i i build a starting point and then i like i recently built this i haven't even released it to the staff because i you know we're we're the same is like i wouldn't release it to the staff like a dictator and say this is what we're doing i won't release it until i get to meet with them and talk through it and um for me i find that they need to start with something like they can't and I think it's very impressive that your staff can come up with it. They can't really start with nothing and build a program, but they can start with a starter program and make adjustments. So I just toss that out there for the audience. I still have to guide them through, you know, everything. I have to be yeah. there and, and guide them to it. And, it, yeah. you know, I got to talk through it, but they can assign points to disciplinary actions, you know, but yeah. I'm definitely there guiding them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I don't want to, do you have to go plow more? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. This is a nice break. Well, I'm glad that we gave you a break. And like I said, before we started, We'll definitely miss you in Cancun. Uh, Megan and I will be in Cancun for Fight Club next. Well, not for yeah. Fight Club, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so you'll have to put up with us from. And I'll, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was that was super awesome, Matt. I yeah. feel like I learned a lot about your culture and about your company today. Thank you for being so open and transparent. That was really really inspiring um should we do homework yeah, thanks for having me yep yep let's do homework so we usually go around to do a round of homework matt if you're interested in uh sharing you're welcome to share if you want to just tag on or you don't have to share and um as a reminder for people who are watching we assign one topic of homework based on our four areas of expertise you don't have to do all four we just ask that you do at least one every single week to move your business forward and make some progress Okay, I'm going to let you awesome. start. So, uh, wonderful. So, marketing-wise, I want you guys to heed some advice from both Matt and Megan that they talked about today and take a look at your services as a company and take a look at your business and see areas that you have really big strengths in, areas that you know for sure are your money makers. You know you can be able to do year-round for some of my, you know, listeners that may be in um, seasonal areas, 
And then really take time, sit down for like an hour time walk. I know that's asking a lot. But sit down for a little hour time block and just let your mind be free to thinking around the market than your mind. So that way you're, like Megan mentioned and Matt mentioned, you're kind of filling those gaps throughout the year that you may not have as much, you know, busy season, um, you know, time for money is coming in. Um, but focus on the marketing aspect is what I'm looking for identifying those services and then focusing on how to cross promote them either through networking through um you know online through google or even just through local um you know boots on the ground marketing okay i know we're having some sound issues i'm sorry hey i'm gonna totally piggyback onto your homework uh so in case you guys missed any of that i'm gonna do something very similar um uh, I'm going to, I'm going to agree, sit down and I, if you're sitting at home right now and it's snowing or it's icy or it's cold and you're not working, I would like you to just brainstorm some things that you could be doing in this snow and this ice that could be generating income. So try and come up with five to 10 different things. And I do not mean a new business model. I do not mean going out and buying more equipment. I do not mean going out and spending money. I mean, thinking about the things that you currently have in your business, the people and the equipment that you currently have and the skills maybe and brainstorming some things that you could be doing repairs are going to be super hot because i still feel like i know i'm the doomsdayer but we are still headed towards a recession um we are still headed towards an economic adjustment and repairs will be huge when we get there so if there is something a skill set that you have in the repair space that relates to your current business model i would like you to just bring dump that and then to expand on tank once you've brain dumped that, start thinking about who you could sell it to. So is that your existing customer base? Or is that your uh, your friends, your competitors, other vendor referrals? So that was King's marketing, and I think you should do them together. So what could you be doing, and then who could you be selling it to, or who, could, who needs that? Um, I think if you could do that exercise right now, you're going to be really busy in one to two months. Uh, if you're not busy right now so do it now and um put it in a safe place that way you have some time to let it brew and ruminate and then hopefully you can act on it before the next slow season okay so that's your finance and marketing homework kind of bundled together <laughs> love it and for systems homework i love matt that you hacked a bunch of free tools to get your communication online i have never put any Google links out there because I just assumed everybody thought they knew about it, but you, you shared with us, you know, meet and chat and how they all work together. So I'm going to share that today with a couple of other freebies that I use. Um, and I think it really helps get people, you know, communicating better with their team. And if it's free, it's my favorite. So I'm going to absolutely share those links for people to check them out. So thank you for sharing that stuff. And my homework is build that career ladder build a career ladder, you know, team member, team lead, trainer, field manager, whatever it is. Um, and then to successfully build a career ladder, you have to decide different pay scales within the pay scales or benefits within those levels. And then what they need to achieve what they need to do to qualify for those levels so build it and then use it and you can 
that's a powerful recruitment tool when you show the possibilities with your company. So, and uh, Matt, do you have any homework you want to give people? You don't have to. I don't. I don't have any homework, but I'll. Uh, I'll say this one thing: that whenever you make a decision, always make it with your frontline workers front of mind. Think about what's in it for them. And if it's good for them, it'll come back and it'll reward you at the same time. So don't yeah. think about any decision that you make in your business selfishly for yourself. Think about what's in it for your employees first. Right. Because it isn't going to go if there's nothing in it for them. I love it. So right. good. Michelle, do we have a quote of the week? <clears throat> I do not. I am sorry. I'm having so many technical issues over here. I'm just barely in. I'm I do not have one. I'm so sorry. I, I can't even get my screens on right now. So I'm like fire camping. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. All right. Well, Matt, stay warm out there. And thank you so much for joining us. And tell them hi. Thank you, Matt. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay, everybody. Okay, Have a great day, week. everybody. Bye. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.